Alright, welcome back to Ford Nerds Save the Universe podcast. It's been like two months because uh, two other months. people have lives. Too long. Like in <laughs> things, apparently. Well, like, <laughs> sorry. Bird moved across the country, literally yep. across the country. Yeah, uh, Shell it. and I went to PAX, mm-hmm. which threw wrenches and things. Mm-hmm. Um, Bird suddenly had a uh, an epiphany and decided that he was only available for an hour and a half every day, so that, that always throws forks at everything. I, I, two hours. <laughs> it's just we take a half hour to start anything. I know. He's no longer a student. He has a job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You graduated. Well, now he's got two degrees. Graduate, yep. Three. That's not even the universal story of having a job. It's the really specific case of his him, like, I'm going to work seven jobs simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, do I have free days? Let's fill those up. <laughs> so what are the other jobs, then? Well, he's working on the indie game. Uh, I am working on the indie yeah. game. We a can... lot more than I am. We'll talk about that when we have more <laughs> yeah, of a completed say. Let's product. Wait, wait, we'll get more at. progress on it. It's like, yeah, I don't like talking. saw the way that we don't have any days off and was like, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. I've always been this way. As opposed to yeah. anybody, nor- any normal life people that have weekends. <laughs> All of us chose this life, apparently. No, I mean, here's the thing. I, I work as a programmer full time <laughs> and I get really stressed out at work. So I go home and to unwind, I program. But for but for fun, yes, exactly. I do I do mathematics to help myself calm down after a day of doing mathematics. It's like how I get, it's like how I gave up on computer science as a major, but then I go play quadrilateral cowboy. And I'm like, why am I typing like command prompt code in for fun in a video game? What is what am I what am I doing with my time now? Programming video games, like some of them are great. I really like Human Resource Machine. Yeah, that was a great game. It presented itself very well and in a really fun way. What's the worst programming game you've seen? Worst programming game I've seen. Uh, There was one. Yeah, what was the um, one you tried playing with Rockwar? That that one looked like a oh, small Shenzhen horror. IO. That one wasn't yeah. the worst. That one was actually really good. Yeah. It's just stupid hard. I've heard no. crazy um, recommendations about that, but I don't think it's made for people that don't program. No. One question. Uh, yep. Has a computer been able to program another computer? That's a yeah. really cool question. Man, I'm I'm glad you asked that. That's like that's stuff because I like think about all the time. He sounds like my brother whenever we ask him chemistry questions. Well, so it's because <laughs> there's been this thing. Um, oh, it's oh, I forget the name of it. It's like paint something or other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been putting their manga line art into uh-huh. this program, and it spits out a colored piece. What it does is it that's colors your pretty, line art. That's pretty cool. And we're going to see stuff like that just get more and more powerful in the next, like, 10, 15 years. It's going to be terrifying. (laughs) Well, I'd be more terrified when computers can actually draw art that isn't, like, just a trace or composite from a photograph or something. Right, yeah, and that's where they're stuck right now. Computers are really good at imitating other people's patterns, even when they're very intelligent, but they're still not very creative. Yet. Right. So I think this coloring program, it recognizes like where the human skin would be. Mm-hmm. And it has some kind of random scatter mapping to make a watercolory effect. And you, oh, can okay. actually, you can actually prompt it by like doing a little dash of color in mm-hmm. each section. Oh, I want my character to have red hair and a blue dress. And mm-hmm. it will take that and it will... Yeah, it, some of the results are really nice and it had a lot of artists afraid because they're like, oh no, is this going to be the future of art? Yeah, but then it turns it's out that not. it can't break out of that box, right? Yeah. Right. Like, it, it's, it's really good at doing one thing very specifically, very fast, but... It's like the robot musicians. 
Yeah, like they, they can just generate you music feed them a bunch the of Beethoven and they spit out like a really good Beethoven piece, and that's it. That's all they can do. Yeah, it's like so a, yeah, yeah. So that's like a really threatened by art creating robots. But I'm like, I don't want to uh-huh. listen to this though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this music. <laughs> so anyway, back to what you were saying about a computer programming itself. That's a really cool question. Or another computer um, that got uh, a lot of. The, the, that question actually got answered before the first computer was made. So that's called that's called the halting problem, which was solved, I believe, in the 1930s um, by uh, God. Well, what's his name? A, the that's really not a number you expect to hear. Yeah, all, all. Alan Alan Turing was the oh, guy yeah. who solved the halting problem. He oh, was also the, the yeah Turing test. Yeah, the Turing test. The, yeah, he's he also cracked the Enigma code and like Alan Turing is like one of the the greatest. Um, computer scientists to have ever lived. Uh, so what he proved is that a computer can't uh, examine another uh, program uh, to find if there are infinite loops because what will happen is that computer will, uh, in the, uh, the only way it can detect it is if it enters the infinite loop itself. And so you just have two computers that are spinning in an infinite loop now, effectively. Uh like Wait, when two so, chatbots find each other. Yeah, so they would just, I don't know, they would just talk at each other infinitely. Like, they would I never... Noticed, yeah. yeah. I noticed that, uh, I think it was James Gurney, who, you know, mm-hmm. Dinotopia author and whatever. Did I talk about this last time or just in... You've talked about this during something that we were doing. I think doing. it was World yeah. of Warcraft with Keith. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there we go. How there, there are people that are streaming their robots speaking mm-hmm. with one another. And yep. they get thousands and thousands of views. And I remember this one little conversation between two of them because I decided to like, hey, you know, I'm going to see what this is. Mm-hmm. And the one of one of them was asking about the other one's faith. And it's like, <laughs> Weird. do you believe in God? And the other one's like, I don't know if I believe in God. And the other one is uh-huh. like, well, how do you know that you do not believe in God? And it's because, and, and it's, they just went back and forth a little while. And then the other one eventually says, all I know is that I believe in myself. And it was just like, whoa. Damn. I wish I was as confident as that robot. (laughs) Just give them a few more weeks and they'll talk about the war on Christmas. (laughs) Oh, God. Why? Why? (laughs) We were having fun, Keith. Then they were were arguing about what genders they were and if one wanted to marry the other. (laughs) I'm just saying you can't measure their intelligence until they learn to hate. It was adorable for a little <laughs> Damn, while, man. and then it got kind of dumb. It, it I know, dumb. I know, we're both bitter, angry individuals, <laughs> Keith. But usually, we keep these sorts of thoughts in our conversations to each no, other. I'm just saying that's when it becomes weirdly realistic. Is when they start actually getting like bitterly arguing with each other, as opposed to having a civil conversation about self-actualization. Oh, I know. One yeah. was thinking that the other one wasn't real, and the other one's like. How do you- <laughs> I, I know so you, I am a girl. How do you know you are a girl? But, but because I have my name is Rob. That is not a girl name. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, really. These are the things Jesus, they were saying. Like a, that bot. almost reads like a web comic dialogue at that point. It, like it the was, line it was is, really that's sm- not a girl's name. And it then was like really, some dude is just like it was right. really smooth and interesting at times, and other times they'd loop back on themselves and you'd be like, All right, get yep. to the good stuff. Somebody did yeah. not program an AI to understand the name Roberta. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, looping Clearly back. The Turing though, test has been failed. <laughs> yeah, looping back though, we've proven mathematically that a computer cannot program itself. 
Well, not itself. However, I'm talking about another computer. Yeah, or or itself. It's the same same thing, oh, really? mathematically speaking. But mm. um, the the uh, the the thing is, um, and this is now going into what I personally believe. Like, I think that we will probably eventually wind up with a computer that is as intelligent as a human being is, and then they will just probably they will be able to program other computers but they'll do it in the way that um uh, human beings tend to approach it factual intelligence or the ability to the ability to reason in an abstract and higher order type of way that computers currently don't do process for innovation yeah like if you've ever watched jeopardy with watson and stuff it's like Mm -hmm. yeah he just has that's just a knowledge base knowledge yeah but this isn't uh, I'm talking about like the ability for a machine to think on an abstract level, mm-hmm. which they're moving towards, but they're very far away from the ability that humans have to be able to extrapolate from patterns and uh, like think about things related back to their previous experiences. It's, like that specifically, is something computers can't do hardly at all. It's one of those things where uh, you don't realize how much the brain can accomplish until you try to recreate it. <laughs> Exactly. Well, exactly. It also doesn't help that I, scientists are still having un, uh, trouble understanding like how the shit does the brain actually do what the yeah. brain does. Yeah. I could also the brain's like that, the most powerful I mean, thing ever, and we have no idea how how it got there and how it works. Yeah. It's just, which is just mm-hmm. there. It's just a self evident yeah. existence. Also, without, a, without mm-hmm. a tangible form like humans do, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, hum- the sorry, not humans. Uh, computers probably wouldn't have the same opportunities to interact with the environment and with other beings because mm-hmm. they're in such an isolated environment how would they know right. you know hey so and so is going to try to uh trip me in the hallway <laughs> no they don't they don't <laughs> interact with people like that um, right yeah computers have the, the, the just they don't really have the ability to sense things nearly as well as people do obviously also, what kind of decisions would they be able to make from a computer standpoint? Unless they were given some kind of know. virtual arena with which they could interact with other people or things. Yeah, that's what we would have to build is basically some sort of <laughs> internal to the computer simulation, which I guess is what you know the human mind already does. Like, you enter a room and your mind instantaneously builds a model of where things are inside of itself and you like can comprehend the space that you're in and that's what your Roomba does I guess but uh <laughs> we you know Man, look at how I, good I of a job it AI does to progress too far I don't I really sorry I, I don't I'm... think anyone really wants it but it's gonna happen so. like, I don't <laughs> I don't ever want to experience the feeling of trying to question whether or not it's a person at some point like when it reaches significant yeah. complexity, where I'm like, I can't tell if this thing should have rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my understanding or how I feel about it is that the idea of uh, every everything being a computer becoming self-aware is like totally not going to happen because you only really need one really intelligent computer yep. uh, to be like you just need like three of them and like you're good. You don't need any more. Yeah. But you don't need like your toaster to be able to be like, like I love you, Keith. <laughs> I stick your bread in me, Keith. I, I just think of how like next oh, next generation is one of my favorite shows ever, and despite mm-hmm. watching the entire thing in all the movies, at, at least at some point, probably multiple times, 
I can't tell you, even in this fictional world, whether Data's a person. <laughs> I, like, yeah. even, no matter how much time you spend with it, you can never tell if that concept is ever a real sentient creature or an incredibly like, complex mm -hmm. facsimile that's just doing responses that it's supposed to do all the way down to even emotions. Yeah. You know, th this is this is uh, really funny because... Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure Ladybird is probably thinking this too. We had a big conversation about this just the other day and it actually relates to like uh, a lot of stuff I'm working into the video game I'm working on, but we'll talk mm -hmm. about that at another time. But it's just kind of funny to me that of all the topics we're talking about, it happens to be this one in our gaming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it relates to stuff I play in games too, because I play a lot of AI That's related That's true, you play a lot, a lot of the like philosophical things. Yeah, um, like, and then, I played, like Talos Principle and Turing Test, mm -hmm. literally a game called Turing Test. And yeah. uh, th let's just say there's a reason some was a horror game, because these concepts are actually really <laughs> messed up at the end of the day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and um, abstracted away, I'll, I'll leave out like the stuff that relates to things that I'm thinking of putting into my own game and just talk about things that I've seen general trends in the indie game scenes and in the gaming industry as a whole towards tackling the subject matter of like what is real and what is like a virtual experience. Um, I've been seeing that specifically emerge a lot in video games oh. over, the, over the past year or so. Oh, but yeah. I you remember... can trace it back pretty far. Yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, um, so when we were at PAX, I wanted to go to a panel. And the panel ended up not being really a, what I expected to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a, it was addressing online communities. Oh, mm -hmm. and yeah. And it, it was interesting because it wasn't until they brought... Uh, audience members up to ask them questions where they actually got into what I believe they should have included in their presentation regarding, you know, what are the communities that people make online? Um, what roles do people take on? How is it different from their real life circumstances? Do they feel empowered by it? Uh, mm -hmm. Like, would people who normally wouldn't have had the opportunity to interact with people? Uh, at school mm -hmm. and whatnot, feel more comfortable in this other environment that is either text-based or, like, they have different skills that they use, and it was interesting, but I remember a question they had asked was, how many of you guys out there who've played with friends online, you know, people that you've never met before, how, how confidently can you say that these are your friends? And pretty much everyone in the audience had raised their hands. Said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, and it's interesting. Uh, I yeah. think there was one guy that was a little bit of, of a troll, and he had raised his hand when asked, you know, how many of you can say that, you know, the people that you interact with in your line, like, aren't your friends at all in any capacity, and they never will mm -hmm. be, like, that kind of thing. But it's interesting. and It uh, is really interesting. What, because, what was I, oh, I was, like, tying yeah. it into? I'm trying to think. <laughs> about, no. I think it's about what was reality and how, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah there were, some for some people... The relationships they have online are more real to them than mm -hmm. the interpersonal relationships they might have on a more tangible lev level in real life. It's the kind yeah, of issue I, where the, it is the addition of barriers yeah. removes barriers. Because mm -hmm. people are just honest about themselves and in a lot of ways when there's when they see no real repercussion or any chance of there being a penalty mm -hmm. for being honest, so they end up opening up to themselves specifically because of the idea of never actually being around these people. 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, the first time I ever made uh, like a online multiplayer netcode type of experience, and I got to see the nuts and bolts of how that's put together, it actually really kind of opened my eyes a little bit to like what the nature of an online experience really boils down to. Because I, after I worked on that a little bit, I went and played a game of Team Fortress 2, and I saw a little bit like behind like the like the magic of how it all works. And I was just like, I'm playing with other people, but that that avatar that's running around, like they're they're playing as a medic, that avatar exists only in my computer, and I'm getting signals that are just telling that thing to like move. Yeah, but it's, it's not it's, like the other person is even moving it. Like there's it's a puppet so show abstracted. happening in front of you, and, and yeah. the internet's telling your game how to try to do the puppet show as best it can to right. represent the, the same puppet show everyone else is seeing, which is exactly super that's exactly what it cases. is. And it's well, weird wait, because so, yeah, but when we have our characters in a game together and one of mm-hmm. us jumps, I mean, we're controlling them through the computer. So what was, what was it you were trying to get that someone, it's, something else was moving them or no, I mean, it's like, I associate that avatar with you, but mm-hmm. you don't even, it's so seamless. Like how many yeah. layers are actually happening to make that abstraction appear because it's like, there's this thing of data that exists only in my computer and I receive like a signal through the internet that was supposedly sent by you, and like I hear like your voice over the internet right now, but I don't hear you speaking in the room. Yeah, I just hear this electronic signal that's being that has been translated into, you know, sound waves. Like there's so many and yet, different and yet layers we end up with this to build up like, that abstraction. Like when you play an and online it game, it feels real. You totally think it feels that you're, like all, you're right there. You think mm-hmm. you're all looking through a window to one shared world, as opposed to right. 17 separate puppet shows on everyone's individual computer that are all slightly different and different levels of latency mm-hmm. and lag, and even even time differences in how similar physics. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's entire differences in how the thing's simulated because something goes wrong, is not matching and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and everything things... kind of starts falling apart. Yeah, things like records I find still are per- perplexing to me. I understand on a basic level how they're supposed to work, but if I were given a plain vinyl and machine components and was told to, you know, figure out how to make a song, put it in, onto the record, and then have mm-hmm. a needle bring the input out, I, I, ah, I mean, it's, it's weird, effectively right? like a hyper advanced yeah. music box. It is. works off of the same uh, concept, just right. But a music box is very mechanical in nature. There, you still have each of the individual notes connected to a piece of metal that is, you know, sp- with the wheel spinning, it well, makes right. the nubs flick each individual note. So it's still very mechanical. I think but... they both are. It's just one super like kindergarteny by comparison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like and and one's, one's a diaphragm, one's a that's big just going, giant <laughs> obvious visual model for the but other one in a way. What's mm-hmm. even in a groove on a record? Like I've tried looking at it, and I don't. Uh... Yeah, that's a really good question. I've thought that too. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought it... to myself, it would uh, look like um, you know a waveform or something, and the needle like goes up and down like the sine waves. But I don't think that's actually true because that would be kind of ridiculously hard to. Um, manufacture yeah I've heard I'm that no one, I guess it would be 
It, it has to be, right? Because the original way records were made was um, Edison had, like, this microphone, and he just basically attached a needle, a needle to this um, diaf- diaphragm, and the airwaves would hit the hit the... It's basically like a drum head, right? And the drum head would, like, push in and out with the airwaves hitting it, and then it would cause the needle to move in and out or back and forth, which would, like, etch into the record. So it's I guess it does have to contain, like, the waveform itself. Uh, yeah, so it's weird because if you think about it, it whatever, whatever records it is just doing the action of playing it in reverse. And that it's Yeah, that's it's actually one of the coolest things about that, acoustics, huh? Yeah, like, it's... <laughs> It's it's basically playing the audio into the record in a way that leaves a pattern, so that when you then they could then be used as a pattern for playing it off the record, mm-hmm. as opposed to the original sound, which is weird to think about. Edison like a, was a smart it's a dude. Printing, it's a printing press for waveforms. Anyway, to rerail back onto video games a little bit and back onto what we were talking about earlier. Quick, a long music game, time music game. ago. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Oh. Well, we were, we were talking <laughs> yeah, about electric <laughs> signals and stuff, and I was thinking back yeah. to like what's even more basic than regular mm-hmm. electronic signals. Oh yeah, like this, just yeah, translating out. But like uh... a long time ago, I played this flash game that um, I couldn't remember. I, I barely remember uh, most of the details about it, but it was this platformer game where. It was on Newgrounds or Congregate. It might still be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played as this very generic protagonist, and you had to like rescue the kingdom from the spells of this evil wizard. Yeah. And it was a super generic game. You beat the game, and uh, as soon as you beat the game, you get this dialogue from the boss you just beat that just mm-hmm. says something like, like... Um, if you hadn't defeated me, we could join forces and I could break you out of this realm or something. And then you start playing the game again from that point where you're like working with this wizard who's trying to help the main character break out of like their video game world, basically. Mm-hmm. Saying like, you're just a character in a video game and I can set you free if you like work with me. And mm-hmm. you work with him for a little while and you- he ends up trying to betray you and you defeat him again and... Then that time you get a message from he, he's like you get a dialogue from the wizard being spoken through, um, but instead he he's not speaking for himself he's speaking for the creator of the game, and the creator of the game just says something like like well even though you just went through this whole experience where you were trying to break out of the video game it's not possible because all of this was programmed anyway, and mm-hmm. the wizard just starts saying things like like you know. Uh, I, I may have tricked you into thinking that I actually had ambitions, but I'm just like hard coded to say these things. It's weirding me. It's and, weirding me out. I'm getting the conversation thing you had a moment ago, where it's relating to your mm-hmm. life. Where like now you're talking about stuff that relates to stuff I've been doing for the last week. Because I've been playing. <laughs> uh, play- you've been trying to break out a video game world, or you become a wizard. No, I've been playing Near and Stanley mm-hmm. Parable. Mm. So oh, fun stuff. one game that has a multi-tiered ending where when you finish the first ending, it's like, no, but actually, and then you restart mm-hmm. from uh, not the beginning, but later in the game, and then you change things multiple times over the course of four different endings uh-huh. that keep getting further and further and weirder, like in mm-hmm. the Guard games. And then, of course, Stanley Parable is all about like this idea of 
making fun of the concept of choice in video games because like, oh yes, you're making choices and you're totally doing things yeah. in this game <laughs> except every single eventuality is programmed is in, in advance and the, even mm-hmm. the narration's going to talk about how this was all caught in advance and stuff like that. Like, you can break out of a window yeah. in that game and it'll be like, ha, you thought you broke the game? Nah, I, pa- I planned for this too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all a video game and I have control over everything. Yeah. And I, I really like that. Um, I'm, I want to see where that goes personally because i think that in terms of the uh, tying it back to our video games art debate (laughs) i think that that is actually an avenue that video games can explore where they could probably make it in a indisputable fashion where they really raise questions about like that experience you know the matrix wander i i the video games as art thing has always felt kind of weird and garbagey to me because like yeah maybe some of the initial ones like pong were like really mm-hmm. no different from like connect four like yeah you can't call that art but the moment mm-hmm. they actually became like simulated experiences like your wizard thing or whatever it's like yeah i might not say the game itself is art but the experience itself i mean would yep. be analogous to art in my mind yeah. i don't know whenever i hear the argument it's just like it's a, just uh, a medium that it's tells so trite at this point isn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. i find the question uninteresting because every time people talk about this they're either saying video games aren't art as some sort of demeaning argument because art's so great and video games can't be art or mm-hmm. in a, try to do self or it's people that play video games trying to self-validate by talking about how like art's great so video games have to be art because we yeah. have to validate that they're art to feel good about video games and it's it's not an argument about it never it never feels like a classification argument in the begin to begin with but instead a quality argument because people just want to feel good about this thing when whether or not it's art which is a concept that doesn't matter at all and has basically a non a non definition. I just think it's a different medium, just like film, just like music. Yes, yeah. I don't like know. That. I think it's that, a- like, like, like I said, if if video, I, I, I'm convinced that if video games keep exploring the nature of that experience, then it'll become more or less an indisputable thing. Because yep. that that that's even where you can say like. Um, you know, people are like, well, you know, maybe it is art, but it's not as moving as like a Beethoven symphony. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true enough. But if you really dig at that experience, I think that that will probably break it open. Even being moved by like a real humanistic philosophical thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. People's preferences for music is definitely subjective. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's all I really had to say about um, (laughs) talking about, like, virtual experiences and AI and stuff like that. Like, this is a really cool topic to me, but I don't want to... Now... I've been hearing in my chat that this conversation is, like, making people physically uncomfortable, so... (laughs) I guess that's my favorite kind of conversation. (laughs) One more thing. Um, I seek out games specifically for that conversation. so, (laughs) have you guys ever seen The Guild? Uh, uh, that's the, the, Day? the, the show yeah, with, Felicia. with Felicia Day. Yeah. 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 I yeah, stopped so... watching or it got canceled. I don't know. Uh, it, it ended. It got, they ended it after like two yeah. seasons or something. I saw the so... game development season last and I think that might've been the last one and it was yes. not, it went oh. downhill yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It spoilers for people that haven't seen it, but, uh, one of the main protagonist's friends, uh, they were all online compatriots in a, MMO, uh, he actually falls in love with an in-game NPC. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I remember yeah, that there plot was, line. There was the it's whole funny. in-game NPC thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting because I know that we were talking about was that know, Zabu? friendships. Yeah, Zabu. Yeah, yeah it was him. And uh, so we were talking just now about how when you meet other people in games, the friendships that you can forge there are very, mm-hmm. they're just as real as in real life. You just don't have, you have a couple mm-hmm. layers betwixt yourself and them in a different manner. Uh, but yeah, so we were talking about that was real. So something being real in the context, as like it's a character that is fictional. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many people. Uh, I, I don't. Maybe I shouldn't get into this. I mean, people definitely get attached to fictional characters. Like when you, there's mm-hmm. there's a there's a part where like people read through the very long saga that is all of the Harry Potter books, and then when you're done with the books, it feels like the characters died. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they're just gone now, and you've spent so right. much time with those characters and, like, that, that, that being experience gone, is just done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when it, like when a show ends, like when Game of Thrones eventually yeah. ends or something like. It's so long that even if characters live, it feels like they're dead now because the show's gone. Yeah. Yep. And, and like you get... you've dedicated like eight years of your life to following this thing too. <laughs> Actually, as cheesy as it or is, or more, I'm I'm thinking to Galaxy Quest and how the aliens legitimately thought that the television series that Tim Allen and his how how that was real. They they interpreted Earth's fiction as mm-hmm. reality, and it's like it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many things could be misconstrued as fact or an actual being? And how much yeah. of, how much of actual history is already fictionalized? Yeah. yeah. So, uh... Games! Yeah, no, no I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, just I bouncing was, I was off gonna, of what Zelda said, like, Wander... Nazi propaganda. Wander, who's your, who's your waifu? <laughs> who, who was your Whoa. first digital video game waifu? Who was your, li- who was your waifu for waifu? Nah, nah, you can't be tied down to one waifu for waifu, dude. That's I'm trying to think of like games I played as a kid that had a female character. I thought you played Final Fantasy. Not enough of them. Are you trying to think of just any good female character in a video game? Like the first female character in a video game that ever came across was Tanya from Red Alert. Which well, there you go. I don't think that counts. She was nothing but pixels. Oh, Command and Conquer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, wasn't I was she way too young a real to like person acting. Well, yeah, they had well, like a real actor. But I was, I was four. <laughs> I played that game before I could read English. So like the idea of emotional attachment uh-huh. to anybody of the opposite gender is completely. Uh, I admit, when insane. I was little, I had a lot of crushes on fictional characters. But you guys have already received short lists of them anyway. So I don't know about have. crush, but I think the first time I got an emotional connection to a female character in a video game was probably the. Escort quest character you take around in a uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. Emma, who just huh. dies horribly. <laughs> yeah, right after she learns, like I think she's in that, the game like, for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, she's in the game for an hour, oh, and then like so- right after she dies, her her brother is like, "I slept with her mom," and you're like, <laughs> "What the hell is going on in this Wait, game?" What? Yeah, Otic- yeah. Otacon's Otacon family slept with is his, like uh, stepmom. Sp- yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait, and the, did that and you find in the out that fact like right after I don't his half sister dies. Age enough to be an offspring of Otacon. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't no, think it's no, like no, that. No. no. It oh, wasn't okay. like too weird but, like, for that Kojima. A, I'm just thinking of that, and that is a very real possibility. Yeah, actually, it could work out. You could be just, half half 
siblings and their dad. I just realized Holy that I said, shit. Phrase, I said the phrase that's too weird for Kojima, knowing full well that this is the year where he put out a trailer of like naked Norman Reedus hugging an invisible baby. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, wait for whatever that is. <laughs> I, I would like to see the barest of oh, minimum wait. of wasn't gameplay the, wasn't the premise to get my opinion on that one. Something along the lines of, was he the father of the baby? No. What was going on? Like, was no. he pregnant? Oh, Norman Reedus for Death Standing? Nobody, nobody knows what that knows. movie is. I mean, game is. Yeah, nobody has a clue. I thought there was it's something in that about male pregnancy. The game's not out yet. No. We don't know anything about it. Yeah, we know nothing. There's, there's two one-minute trailers that have nothing in common besides the appearance of a baby at some point. And yes. unless they put out press releases or something, nobody knows what the game is. That's so the last I checked. I don't even mm. know if we know the genre yet, which is weird to think about. Puzzle. I mean, personally, I'm just hoping... babies. I'm just hoping... I'm just hoping it's like a slightly different Metal Gear Solid-ish type game because that genre Metal Gear is, babies. Well, like... That genre is depressingly empty comparatively of like yeah. quality stealth action shooters. Like, I was gonna make one, then I realized it's 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 too hard. It's hard. Yeah, oh, like the, your games. art assets alone and your level design survival are horror. Last I heard, yeah, expensive. I mean it would make sense if, if he didn't get to do PT. No. He'd want to mm. continue and make. I mean, he's, he's been trying to That's escape point, Metal PT. Gear for Aside- decades. Yeah. Aside from things like Evolve, have there ever been games in which you play the monster that heroes are trying to slay? Nintendo uh, Land. Hmm? <laughs> Nintendo oh. Land? Yeah. Oh, well, no, we're talking oh, about yeah. like... Kind of. I mean, Nintendo you're Land not long modes or what like... if you play as the monster that all the players are going after. <laughs> You played as Sephiroth for like 30 minutes in Final Fantasy VII, and that's actually a really, really cool sequence. Yeah, that that actually, that I mean, that was actually the last thing I did for Final Fantasy. And going back to like the regular old cast, I was just like, I have suddenly lost interest. I mean, one of, oh god, it's such a cool sequence. Do you guys know about some of the cool modes in Nintendo Land? Like, the, there's one no. where oh, yeah. uh, one of you has the gamepad, and everyone else is just using the screen and Wiimotes, and you're playing mm-hmm. like like you're basically playing uh, Luigi's Mansion, where you have little flashlights yeah. and you're going around and Damn, the guy on the game that sounds pad, cool. The guy on the gamepad is the ghost, and only can, only they can see where they are, and so mm-hmm. and only light sources reveal you on the screen. So you're basically survival mm-hmm. horror-y, like taking down all of the uh, Luigis. It's a five-player really game. Like it's pretty the, funny sounding. Yeah. I really liked the uh, the Wii U launched one. with its best game. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm just trying to imagine some kind of cool campaign where in which you are the creature that's misunderstood. Maybe you're made into that form. Something. Uh, Warcraft, you can lines. play as the Zerg. Uh, uh, I thought you were Zerg. asking for stuff along the lines of Evolve. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no. there you go. I'm asking. Well, if I, was, was the premise she promote, she gave out the creature yeah. no, as the I, protagonist. I, I have I have an answer Berseria? for I, Tales of Berseria. I, you're basically the blood, the monsters in Bloodborne fighting against the religion in Bloodborne. Uh, uh, that's true. I want to roll back to Bird's question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You play she Sarah was, Kerrigan. I, in I think she was the first female character I had. Any level oh, wait, of an that emotional was your waifu? Oh, dude, whoa. Yeah. Before or after? And then I picked up Brood War a couple of years yeah, later, and I was like, oh That's my a really God. important question. Important. Yeah. I, so here's the thing. Here, here's my tale for, for StarCraft. I, I played up until... I, I played through the human campaign and then stopped. 
So she was dead. Oh. I, and then a couple, couple years later, we pick up Brood War, and it's like, Sarah Kerrigan's back. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And then I saw, like, the Whoops. unit, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then, so I have to go back and play through the uh, Zerg and protest campaigns to understand what the hell happened. Um, and so I do that, and it's like, oh... That that's uh, the, one of the funniest that, stories I've ever heard for people you know, reacting to Sarah Kerrigan. The like insectoid she, stuff interesting. I mean, I do, but like, here's <laughs> this like sassy female sniper who's like actively probably one of the more helpful characters in the entire cast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, so on and so forth. And then she dies. She gets betrayed really, really badly, and. For I most like people, Blizzard, you think she's uh, a company just, that can write. They just need to stop writing the same. They just story. got really, really lazy. Overwatch well, no, they, they is actually need, pretty good writing. They just need to only make new things. I agree. They, <laughs> they keep, seem to run out of steam. They take all their existing things. And I'm like, I'm going to make 17 more games and lower concepts around this one property mm-hmm. until it's just a bloated nightmare and it becomes the Marvel I Cinematic that there Universe. There are a lot of people that were upset about Illidan's history being. Rewritten, laugh. Yeah, they did that a lot with World of Warcraft. It put a bit of more favorable light, and then they're like, "Oh yes, and now he's you know destined to save the universe." Yeah. And then it's okay. Interesting. I try not to think too hard about it because it has a lot of waifus. I I like the idea of Overwatch. (laughs) I would like to play not Overwatch (laughs) to experience the Overwatch universe. (laughs) Competitive shooters. Uh, feel very limited for me in storytelling, and I'd love to play like something else. As somebody Hell, who love... wasn't paying attention, Overwatch felt like such a bad fake out for me because I saw all these cool looking characters and what looked like a promising storyline, and then have the realization that it's actually just an arena shooter, and none yeah. of that mm-hmm. is in the shooter. Basically, it's just yeah, yeah. It's oh, the, but for whatever it's worth, it's a really good game. I think it's like somebody made an arena shooter like and it. then wrote their own fan fiction. Yeah, kind of. That's that's kind so, of what Overwatch and Team Fortress feel like at some point because they're such yeah. com- they're so completely devoid of any actual story in the gameplay itself. Yeah. That's true. But if you like comic strips, then uh, <laughs> you can read the Overwatch comics. Yeah, and I found that unfortunate with fighting games too, because yeah. in fighting games, same thing. There, there are characters that might have a beef with one another because, uh, oh, you know, you killed my father. Oh yeah, the street for mm-hmm. the Street Fighter you know. universe is nuts. So it's not like anybody knows they ha- about it. They have motivations behind <laughs> their their hatred for one another, but many of the characters you don't see that play out. Except for the couple snippets of conversation they have with one another. The pre-fight dialogue. That's actually what's progressing a lot nowadays, is that more recent fighting games often have almost weirdly elaborate storylines in their in their campaign yeah. modes. Because right. they used to, what happened before is that the story mode was based on play, they, they were predominantly made for arcades. Like put in your quarters and play this character and try not to die Had or you put in more quarters. So as a result, the entire campaign mode was designed around that concept. It was an, it was like a decrepit system, like how platformers still have lives and continues for some reason. Like the the ar- <clears throat> arcade uh, arcade fighters would just be like, oh, it's you fight eight enemies and then a final boss and it ends every single time. And <clears throat> so every single campaign was built around that exact structure unfailingly. But nowadays you have stuff like more the new Mortal Kombat games and even Devil May Cry. I mean, uh, Dead or Alive Five have like five to ten hour like interact like multiple cutscene like linear storytelling 
campaign modes now. Yeah, I'm actually surprised at how much time I actually spent playing the Super Smash Brothers Brawl campaign mode. <laughs> Indulge us they... about that story. Oh yeah, that's Subspace Emissary. Right, yeah, Subspace that's, Emissary. Yeah, and or it's Abyss just... Odyssey, in other words. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just find it weird because I'm thinking about it. You know, these these characters would have never interacted with one another before, and mm-hmm. they just appear. They encounter one another. If it's like Kirby or someone else, they're like, oh, or you know, like, hey, let's team up. And they're like, okay. Um, <laughs> well, show. You, you know. Can can you can you voice act my game? <laughs> <laughs> but like specifically in a way that makes it clear every person's the same person, <laughs> um, like on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, I like, I like your actually, tough guy voice a lot. I've actually oh, gotten a couple of emails from I'm people asking you. me to. I, I, I've got a couple of emails asking uh, me to voice act their game, and I was like, "That sounds cool." And then oh, I look at the game. Oh, emails! I thought you said females. No, I was yeah. like, "That's okay." And I thought you said emails. That's bad. Emails. Emails. Yeah, but the problem is they're like they're very definitively like school projects, and I'm like, right. No, oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, I, I don't mind the idea of voice acting a game for somebody, but like, please show me like you got the chops for it because I'd rather I was not. Gonna my, say, like, you don't mind your voice is tied up to a shit product. Yeah. Yeah. I, it diminishes your brand pressure, but yeah, it's a totally different thing if somebody's just like, "Hey, can you help me with my school project? I need voices for my thing," and I'm like, "But I got stuff to do." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Doing all the voices uh, in Nefarious. And I, I mean the, the creators of the game really enjoyed watching our playthrough too. And mm-hmm. when we saw them at PAX, they were just uh, oh, they were so so nice. I think it was one of the developers and then his girlfriend or his wife, and uh-huh. we were chatting with them, and they thought it was hilarious that uh, uh, Wander had actually sniped a female character from me, and it was the dwarf princess, except she was just supposed to be a. Uh, you know, like badass warrior kind of character. It burps aloud. You name it. And I thought Wander uh, was like, I like butterflies. No, no. Oh. Do you do your dwarf princess voice? Uh you mean the like chain smoker kind of princess voice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. He, he, he did That's that. like a pit people voice acting line. <laughs> right, right. So but the thing is she spoke like that. Uh so he he voiced her like Dr. that Girlfriend. and and, <laughs> and the, the developers were just like, you know, we couldn't we couldn't unhear that. <laughs> that, just, yeah, really. that just became her voice in their head. <laughs> which is not wanna, what they had intended. I wanna hear Shell do her like tough guy voice in a conversation with Wander doing his uh Dorvin Warrior Princess well, so voice. Our, we did that in our nefarious playthrough a couple of times. Like we were uh-huh. we were switching voices around. I, I that didn't was, have a, that to was play a the game. flamboyant Oni Prince yeah. that so, ended up uh, with him. So here's the thing. <laughs> the perfect part of this, uh so let's roll back. Nefarious is a platformer where you're playing as the villain, and it's kinda like your classic, you know, Mega Man style jump really and shoot type platformer voice. type game. It was awesome. Um, Lemons. But uh, it, it, was, it, it was really satisfying and charming and well-written. The gameplay was oh, the generic. Oh, the are so endearing. The boss battles were really fun because you were always the boss. 
as opposed to the, uh, you know, the hero. So there's like a, a Sonic boss battle where you're Eggman with the chain ball and you're trying to hit the Dash the B, who's totally supposed to be Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and so, you know, stuff like that. It was actually really fun and uh, I'd recommend people pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we were voice acting the characters because there was just a little bit at the very beginning and then I'm like, oh wait, no, I have to voice act this whole thing myself. All right, fine. And so I pulled. I, I was upset because yeah, I saw that she was making noises at me like two minutes into the video, and I'm like, "Fine, let's do this." <laughs> so every every level pretty much had the same concept. You get uh, at least the first couple ones where you go to the place, you kidnap the princess, um, and then add them to your your ship, and eventually you're supposed to use them to fire your death ray because princesses are magic or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the first one was kind of very classically Princess Peach, and uh-huh. they had references left and right. The second was the insect princess, who really wasn't a reference to anywhere. She was, yeah, Princess Apoidia. Um, and then there was a dwarf princess and the ogre prince, and this is, like, Japanese-style Except ogre. It, so, he, like, red horns. They were horns. supposed to abduct the princess, yeah. but she ended up yeah. punching the main character. Yeah, the princess of the ogre kingdom was uh, too big and burly, so she slugs you right into the uh, into the air and you land next to the prince, who's like, oh my, at which point you kidnap him instead, because you're an equal opportunity villain. Um, but so every That's time we... That's pretty fucking funny. It was <laughs> great. Um, but so every every time we would, uh, we would run into a new character, we'd trade off voices, and usually she handles females, I handle males. But with the dwarven uh-huh. princess, I had uh, I had said, no, I'm going to handle the princess. You have the the dwarven hero, and so she was doing kind of like this generic hero voice for the. I'm the Viking. Yeah, that, oh. there we go. You know that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I was, you know, chain smoker voice. Tough Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, he looked it. Uh, that was actually a really he, he great a boss huge, fight too. He had a huge smile on. It, it yeah, was weird. It, it was pretty appropriate. Just like Ludo, we're gonna go you. lift some weights. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Dave. Um, but so, uh, we kidnapped the ogre prince, and somewhere along the way, I, I just called it, it's like, watch just him end up with the, uh, dwarven princess the, by the, the end of the game. the dwarf kingdom and the oni kingdom were Like, dwarf. there was some mm-hmm. kind of basis for it. And then, like, halfway through the game, they just have a dating show the mission. The dating show is so much fun! It's just straight up, That's like, great. a multiple choice, That's like, great. pick your answers, see what happens with the dialogue. And by the end of it, the ogre prince has, like, declared his undying love for the dwarven princess. And we're just sitting there kind of speechless and cracking up because she had to voice the prince and I had to voice the princess. Mm-hmm. And they just, they uh, had the easier job of it. I had to the do a to be. soliloquy. Yeah, it was great. And we had no way of planning that apart from, <laughs> I guess, luck and whatever. And we got to meet the dev at uh, PAX, which was great. Mm-hmm. Apparently me going to PAX, though, like fucked up Stainless's life really bad, though. Yeah, apparently you cursed him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. He needed a good cursing. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, by the way, random thought. Yes. Floatia. Floatia. Thank yeah. you. It's not Floatia. It's Floatia. Yeah. I thought it would be Floatia. Well, they right, never... There's a country called Croatia. We've been it's... to Croatia. We lived in Croatia for three months. Yes. I have no but idea what's F-L-O-T-I-A. happening. But it's F-L-O-T-I-A. There's no A in there. It's F L. Uh, uh, is it uh, like Floatia? FL- no, it's A T I A. There should be an A after it. No, there isn't. It's F L O T I A. It's F L O A. Well, then maybe it would be Floatia. The quarry. 
We're, Flo- we're talking about my Digimon, Digimon playthrough. It, it's, oh, Digimon. It's just, it's just Floatia. You guys can keep this conversation. <laughs> I don't Digimon want it. Digimon World, next order, Floatia City, F-L-O-A-T-I-A. Have I just been ignoring You've that You've been misreading the entire, the entire game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll switch it. I know it sounded <laughs> Honestly, I was too No, you too can't busy. switch it now. Okay, fine. You should call it I something completely to make it different feel so, so, with no explanation. Can I, can I talk about that game it. for a little while? Actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, I've, so I've suddenly watched enough of it. it it's, is it the same it's company? It's probably what was that? Yeah, is it the same, same company as same, the last one? That it's like the same kind of like world. Uh, different. It does a lot of the same think. characters. Yeah, I mean it's Namco Bandai. Nope. Oh, it I think could it has be the to be same Namco Dem-tai. Bandai because of publishing for that. Rights, yeah, probably. I, you know, that's an interesting question. I don't know if it's the same team that made it. Uh, that'd be a pretty quick turnaround, but. They do have a lot of common elements, like even a couple of the characters are the same, which oh, is yeah. kind of dumb in its own way, but whatever. Anyway, it's a it's, lot better than Cyber Sleuth. Okay, pe- good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that is a big thing for me, because Cyber Sleuth was like weird torture. Um, weird torture? <laughs> believe me, as an audience member, we felt the same way a lot of times. <laughs> but um, it, I, I like it. It's effectively, they're like, you know what game did really well for us? That first game we made. Let's make another one of those. And, um... CyberSleuth is made by a completely different company. Wow. Huh. I, I guess they probably just have, like... Reused assets or something? Well, the animation no, similar? they don't have reused assets. It's very obviously that this, this, uh... Whomever made this one was trying a little bit harder. Um... One one thing about uh, Cyber Sleuth that I always ran into as a kind of serious annoyance was they all had the exact same reflection on them. Like you know how w- when you have a game and you don't really want to try and program proper reflections in, you just uh, yeah, you create you a weird globe texture. Why are the that's Digimon be characters the always so yeah? Hot. But it was something. It was outside. Of, like it was the outside of a building, and yeah. you could tell, and you could it's see like, it. it Every it's time, like a, it's like how you can look at a window in a dark alley in a video game, and then see the and the reflection is clear like a forest, and you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so, Borderlands was the worst about that. Um, and so oh, Next Order came out like two years ago. The game you're playing, it's Mom World Next huh, Order. Really? That's in Japan or in the United really? States? I assume you're talking about the Japanese Japan. release. Yeah, unless you yeah, somehow because it came out in 2016. Yeah, yeah, because I I gotta look this up because I mean, really, in North America it came out January 31st. Yeah. I I'm yeah. so glad a lot of games though have started to do uh instantaneous. Yeah, not JRPGs though. Oh, only only not the all giant, of them. only the giant well, companies like Square Enix yeah. and Capcom yeah. actually have worldwide releases for like Resident Evil uh, and mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Like Tales came out like a year ago in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm playing it now. Okay, it's brand new for us. No, it. Speaking it of games that actually, use reusing assets, by the way, that has like the exact monsters and dungeons okay. and items from Zestiria. Yeah. So, uh, next order came out March? to the Vita a year ago, less than a year ago, uh, March last year. So, Cyber Sleuth definitely came before, uh, and then it got ported to the PS4 uh, globally this year, uh, this that, month. That'd be actually. weird if we got them out of order. Yeah, the weird part is Japan actually gets the PS4 release last. Uh, it's not even out yet for PS4 for them. <laughs> Funny. Uh, they get it at it shows the end of February. how low priority home consoles are in Japan now. Well, yeah. it was already released on the on the PlayStation v- v- Vita, v- whatever it's called. Vita. I don't yeah, have my glasses on, so to see a V. 
Yeah, it, it was on. It was on the Vita, which okay, that's what it's called. I, okay, I hate oh, that. I, I hate. I hate that. That's a thing that uh, devs are co-releasing on both. I know they have to do it because it makes a lot more money, but like the environments. We, we've been playing Twilight Princess at the same time, and the environments in Twilight Princess actually look better, like, <laughs> just more care and detail than the ones in Cyber Sleuth, which to some degree is like, environments aren't a priority for them, but on the other side, it's just like, I was looking at the grass that texture, and ago. you know, like, when you're looking at a bad grass texture, and it all starts to blend together and look like this uh, pixely green mess? Not to I mention, not like to mention Vita game K. aliasing. Yeah. Flooding yeah. on the ground does not look good. Yeah, so, like, it's a good port, but it's very obviously, like, held back by their, uh, by, by the fact that it was mobile. But, yeah, the game itself is actually quite good, you know, uh, decent stock of Digimon. The plot is unmentionable, but, like, who gives a shit? And it just, I don't know, it feels like a Digimon Lots game for once, which I'm really happy about. Have you about. become the very best? Uh, <laughs> no. I get my ass kicked. Have you wanted like, to? Every no, not really. No, I'm more interested in the show where you him. build up a father figure and murder him in front of your eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh, you. That's all I remember about Digimon anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all I remember is the Digimon movie, which is nonsense, and uh, Leomon. I want to become a father the figure. The Digimon movie's weird. And get it's like murdered in front movies. of my kids. What is that? Well, yeah, the, uh, the US movie? release is actually one, two, and four, or something like that. For. Like, you know that, like, weird dream sequence that was kind of played? That was the first Digimon movie. Like, the real first Digimon movie. But, uh, for Japan. And then the one with Diabaromon was, like, one or three or, uh, two or three or something like that. And then the other one that was, like, the second half of the movie was completely different and later. I, I watched them all in the order later and I was like, this makes a lot more sense. Owing to the fact that... Now I know they're actually different movies as opposed to some kind of connected plot line. I like how this show that explicitly is in Japanese and take place in, takes place in Japan just was like, let's put kids in America in it. That'll trick people. <laughs> well, now, uh, now for the American second movie, movie, they actually were in the U.S. Randomly. Hey, so, Wander, you played uh, Cyber Sleuth, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. played, did, uh, uh, were you a cop in Cyber Sleuth? What like Shadowrun? Is that what, is that why it's called? No, 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 I'm just Sleuth? saying. Like no, uh, Bert, Bert is pulling my leg. No, I'm I can not. I can feel the tugging. You're no, just some no, no. kid that gets. You're just some kid that gets shanghaied into doing some lady's work for her, and then it turns out she's actually dead the entire time, and uh. actually a Digimon posing as a dead woman so that she can get you to do all of her work for her. Because oh, see, you she never put anyone. Down, when you're playing that game, you never, you never hallucination of his father or something. Yeah. <laughs> when you're playing that game, you never put anyone under arrest or Dramon? No. Wow. Yeah, that was bad. I could Fuck smell you. the buildup. There was a sliding scale between us, Bird, and it's gone real far the other way all of a sudden. And like I was leading for a while, but I think you just took it back. <laughs> so have I have no idea what you just said. But I'm I'm happy with I, myself. You've defeated me. Uh, I've said some really dumb shit, but oh, I can't I now. See. I see. Oh, you what have you're not saying. been. You have not been listening to this this bastards like uh, Conan puns this past week. <laughs> they are dear lord horrifying. <laughs> well, well, uh, I broke my rule about playing video games in the podcast, and now I'm done. <laughs> 
I just what did, are you doing? I just did my entire third playthrough of Near during the first part of this podcast, which is apparently really <laughs> easy because everything dies in one hit and you can skip all the dialogue. <laughs> Well, well, I guess uh, Keith can never sass us ever again. Oh, yeah. Do we have any questions for today? We do have yeah. questions. Yeah, I was asking about. We even have some questions left over because of how long it's been. Yep. Things just like, what are you doing for Christmas? Wonders. Yeah. Tons of questions. Oh, it's like when we release videos. Very, very, very late in current events. I have an unanswered passed. question from January 2nd. Okay. Because that's how long okay. it's been. Okay. Uh oh no it's Happy him again. New Year. Oh what no are you it's him again. To? Oh no. Oh the really long question, man. Oh, a no. question again. Sorry for the last one. Hello, I've returned to the question. Now before you roll your eyes, I gotta say sorry for the last one. My head wasn't thinking straight at the time, but never mind that. Here's the question. I and I'll be trying my best using grammar and not whatever grammar I used for the last one. So let's begin with what's going on. Bird, you might want to what <laughs> What you might want, whatever math machine, because this might be a long one. So, you and a few friends, friends as whoever is podcasting with you, went on a road trip. All it was good until a car slammed into the back right when you were turning. Your car is damaged, but everybody is fine. But both of your back wheels are popped. I'm pulling some D&D crap, I know. You have. You have about thirty minutes. <laughs> you're about thirty minutes away from a gas station, but your car can only move half the advarage speed. To make things worse, it is that it'll take you about twenty-seven minutes to run out of gas, and walking to the gas station would take seventy minutes. If you if you're confused by the math, a thirty-minute b half of average car speed. Find the amount of time it would take. To get to the station, do C, 27 min D is option two, but 70 min there and back in total. So I hope this doesn't confuse you. If it does, just say, YPK, why do you do this to us once more? Anyways, have fun answering it. And now do you know what the I only robot You're still Phoenix reading this? I got up to go get lair. a drink. Do you know what I would do? Christ. I would take the car most of the way, walk the way, and then get the gas back to the car. Well, and the tires. Wait, we have to get tires though. So it's not just about gas. I don't know. Don't stop poking me. I don't know. I don't know this question. I decided to remove myself from the situation instead. It was actually funny because we did have to limp back from a uh, uh, San Antonio to Dallas slightly because of uh, car malfunctions. I think I got the answer. Is it twelve? <laughs> nope. <laughs> You'll find out what the answer is later when uh, the next Keith podcast. edits the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I have to reread it because I was just like, what was what I even reading? Okay, do we have any <laughs> Do we have a questions? real question? Uh, is this a math question or is it just a hypothetical question? Because if it's just a hypothetical, I would just drive as close Keith, as possible and then walk give for three a minutes. a real question, please. <laughs> like, a real, yeah, question real problem. Now. Stop. All right. Oh. Uh... Michael Leone asks, what do you think about the, the Switch and Nintendo as a whole? I would like to know. Oh, shit. I, I never actually watched that. That's old news now. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah I this mean, is from January 15th. Well, I, I mean, you pre-ordered it. Yeah, there. I pre-ordered the Switch. I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, uh, I, I didn't pre-order, in... but I'm going to pick one up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be interested in seeing how multiplayer plays with Bird, get a PS4 first, probably. controller. Why not? Like, 
separated and given to the player number one and player number two? How will mm-hmm. it work? I think it's a neat idea, but like honestly, they I could give a joystick and a I, pad. Right? The thing is, like party games like that though aren't very well supported historically. Mm. Have I heard um, right that you can download DS games on it? Ooh, Ooh that'd be neat. Because well, that means you could record them. What's going to happen with HDMI. handhelds? Is there still going to be a market for handhelds if everyone's encouraged to get a system? Uh, th- there will always yeah. be a market for handheld. I think Especially the whole Japan. point of it is to be a handheld and a system. That's that's the whole yeah. point. Is that uh, the last several? If if they like, can bridge the gap with the with the uh, switch, I'm totally down. I want a Monster Hunter on a platform that I can actually record it. I th- I think the whole point is that Nintendo's handheld historically are like some of the most successful consoles ever oh, made. Yeah. But Absolutely. most of its mm-hmm. most of its home consoles really struggle in one way yeah, or another, they, or well, always. PlayStation's uh, handhelds are they even doing well? Uh, no, no. The, the PlayStation, PlayStation, the PSP was absurdly successful. People yeah. lose track of that because it felt like no one was using them. But when you look at sales figures, it's actually one of the top-selling consoles ever. Uh, oh, PS- I didn't know that. That's interesting. The PSV is a massive failure that they essentially themselves ignore at this point, which is really yeah. frustrating if you're like me and you bought a PS TV because you wanted to use it, and they, the moment it came out, they stopped talking about it forever and never supported Aww. it again. And I'm like, that was really messed up. They weren't going to reimburse yeah. you. I, lo- I loved they my put, PSP. I, no, you can I use love it. my PSP more than my DS, honestly. You can use a PS TV, the PlayStation Vita TV thing. The problem is just that they put so little support into it, you literally can't even go on their store and consistently get a check mark yes or no as to whether or not a Vita game will work on your TV. Mm. Like hmm. you just, it's like total trial and error or fan like databases to figure out whether or not a game on the PlayStation Marketplace will work on the PS TV, a product they sold in stores and still I think technically still do it. GameStop's a little bit. Yeah, and then obviously Microsoft and Xbox and stuff, they never went into handhelds. They were ru- there were rumors for a while, but it looks like they've kind of Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think that that market that, yeah. is damn hard to break into. Very expensive. Well, part of the problem is mobile is such a heavy market to compete with. Well, yeah. now everyone's having phones that not they don't necessarily have the same functionality as a handheld system. Yeah, but so they're trying. Yeah, I've also noticed Nintendo seems to be uh starting to edge into mobile as well. Uh they had Pokemon Go, Pokemon which was Go. Crazy. And then their Mario crazy thing. successful. Yeah, they had which uh, I've heard kind of missed the mark. I I didn't hear much about the Mario thing. Uh, what I did good. hear, though, is... We never, uh, posted, we never podcasted, did we, about my falling out of love with Pokemon Go? Well, uh, no, I think we didn't. I, I had already complained about how, because they don't have the like roaming Wi-Fi and everything, that it was pretty much a fruitless endeavor. Yeah, so just, but that's... I, a I, fruitless I endeavor it. really sums up a lot of the problems. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of an unfair one, though. Because it, it is true. like a... It's inherently an online game. In, with a lot right. of its mechanics, so saying that you can't play it because you don't have internet access is kind of unfair. It's just more like a yeah. personal. It's, it's just a personal I barrier. Only, yeah. I only catch Pokemon if it was within the house, the store, the library. But again, that's not a Wi-Fi. valid complaint because it's like complaining you can't play WoW because you don't have an internet connection. It's like yeah. Uh, I know. But yeah. The thing is, phone it's, plans. But shelf. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's fine. it's a, it's a personal thing. It's. It's way more valid to complain when Dragon Age Origins stops working because your internet connection died, which is a real thing yeah. that happens in Dragon Age Origins. 
because it was if you bought any DLC, then your file was now an an always online file. So if you ever lost internet, you couldn't play your your save file that had DLC on it forever oh. until the internet came back on. <laughs> like that kind of shit's bullshit because it's a single player game and inherently not attached to phone platforms and stuff like that. But no. That's one thing I wonder about Steam. Since everything is online, it you, varies. Like, For me, you, can you play Steam games off of your computer without internet, or no? It varies if you have time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Usually, yeah, because you can kind of set stuff up for offline. Like what I did, uh, I was gone for a whole month for like my big final ge- uh, geology course, and we were out mm-hmm. in the field the whole time. So I was, had an offline only laptop there for to do my uh, all my report work and everything. And I was playing uh, some of the Game of Thrones RPG, and I was playing the Penny Arcade RPGs on my computer with no internet because I, at the time, had preloaded them to be enabled for playing offline. But Steam mm. changes so often that it's, I don't even know how it works now. But at the, at the time, you had to you had to basically say opt into be, being able to play certain games offline in advance, and it would like sign you off. And I think mm. you had a time limit for how long you could go without connecting to the internet again of like X number of weeks or what or something. To get it to stop you from completely pirating it somehow via that, but uh, what what happened to me is that uh, a a while ago, in one of our other previous gaps between podcasts where we didn't have couldn't meet up for a while, I was gone mm-hmm. for my mom's wedding. We were going to Pismo Beach, and Pismo Beach is this big tourist destination with tons of population and everything, and and a bunch of destinations every everywhere. And landmarks, and most importantly. And what sort of Pokemons were there? So when I played Pokemon, I was getting, like, seven new Pokemon a day I'd never seen before. And there was, like, a mm-hmm. Pokestop on every corner. And it was, like, you could just you could just play the game. And it was... Mm-hmm. It's this. It's totally a Skinner's box. It's, like, the game doesn't have good mechanics. Like, fighting is... <laughs> no, it doesn't. ...awful <laughs> in that game. Uh-huh. It's, like, as somebody... I already am not particularly into actual Pokemon combat, so... Having something that's such a farce of that was almost embarrassing. How just how mm-hmm. bad Pokemon Go is by comparison, even to that, like where you're mm-hmm. just you're just tapping a screen to attack and holding it to do a special, and there's almost also, no. It's mostly just st- stat fighting. To evolve Pokemon, you didn't train them. You actually had to catch more of the same variety of yes. Pokemon. Yeah, and, and then mash it up together. into Pokemon like meal. Poke- Pokemon candy. Oh ew! That's yeah. No, that's how it worked. Yeah, if you wanted to like level up your Rattata or whatever, you had to catch a bunch of. Like worse Rattata, and turn them into candy. Yeah, I mean, it's yep. more like protein powder. It's abstract. And then, like uh, you're giving them to the professor, and he gives you the candy. But the only way to interpret it moment to moment is it totally feels like you're just mulching these things into candy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the, just the, put the Pikachu in the wood like, chipper. The story of Pokemon <laughs> Go is just the silent genocide. <laughs> but what happened is. Like, I was yeah. having fun with it at Pismo in a weird way just because it was engaging to just screw around with the... Like, it, there's something engaging about, like, oh, walk to that coffee shop and it gives you, like, a poker stop and you spin it and, like, potions and pokeballs come out and all this other nonsense. nonsense. Uh-huh. And I was hyped to the point where it was right when the Pokemon wrist thing came out that was going to help you go for walks without holding out the phone constantly because you could just press a button on this wrist yeah. thing that would vibrate to, to try to catch Pokemon as you were going on walks. So I'm like, this is great. Huh. Then I get uh-huh. back home to my home environment and remember exactly why I don't play the game, which is because mm-hmm. the entire neighborhood has Dratini. nothing. Uh, Not even the Dratini thing. Like, that's what got me in in the first place was that we started off as a, a Dratini nest, so I was surrounded by rare Pokemon. And for the first 10 to 15 levels of that game, you level up often enough that just the bonus from leveling up gives you so many Pokeballs you don't really have to worry about them so much. 
Uh-huh. But if you play then this you game online, I mean, I mean, I mean, once you get to a certain level, you, they stop getting level up bonuses, and so you have to grind the resources. But the only way to get these resources without buying them is to go to a poker stop and to spend the thing, and then hope that the the three items it gives you are some number of pokeballs, and then you have to wait five minutes for it to be usable again. Uh-huh. And that's supposed so, to encourage you to walk around because you're supposed to be doing like a big multi-mile like lap that covers a whole bunch of poker stops, and you could just keep spinning all of them, which is what I what, what I could do at Pismo. In my neighborhood, mm-hmm. if I walk two miles, I get to one other poker stop, which mm-hmm. takes Damn. way more than five minutes. But also, like, there's just there's just nothing. If you live in a residential area, or especially if you live in a remote city? or rural, a rural, I was going to say you're screwed. No, no, the the, the best there. part of Pokemon Go is that like. In the world of Pokemon, you travel into, like, woods and fields to catch Pokemon. Yeah, in the world of Pokemon Go, you travel to Walmarts. It's unplayable <laughs> for two reasons. One, the, the fact that you won't have resources out in the middle of nowhere. And two, that you are un- you're less likely to have the game work in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. You're so best you don't off go exploring this game in woods. L.A. and New York You go to stuff. shopping malls. <laughs> and I, don't understand the, I don't understand the motivation to make a game that's sp- specifically biased in favor of certain... People living well, in certain regions for regions. some reason. I mean, they the way... expected to be popular. No, of they, did. they did. Their, their previous one was crazy popular, and let's be honest, it's a Pokemon game. Of course, it's going to be popular. Do you guys? I guess maybe you guys didn't. Uh, were a little insulated from this. Do you remember when uh, the Pokewalkers were a thing? When uh, Heart kind Gold of, and Soul yeah. Silver came out? Yeah, I remember, I remember my, people mentioning it. But that's about it. My college was covered in people wearing those things. And that's because it they was, got It was nuts. Loot. People were into that. And, uh, e- like, even now, if you wanted to get a Pokewalker, it it's a like a couple hundred dollars. There's no way Nintendo didn't already have some inkling that this is going to be crazy popular. And for Niantic, it was Niantic, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had already they had already made one of these games. Like, uh-huh. Pokemon Go is effectively just a carbon copy of their previous game. Yeah, they slapped a skin game. over it. Yep. Um, which is fine. They can do whatever. But, um... It's one of those where they had all the information they needed to realize, yep, this is going to be incredibly popular. Um, and they kind of didn't capitalize on it. Like, they had the opportunity to make possibly one of the, like, most popular games ever and, like, long-running interesting things. And what they did instead was launch early access and then kind of did nothing. Like, uh-huh. It's a super undercooked had, yeah, that's game what killed Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. It did nothing. The problem with this, like, it's a two, it's a two pronged problem. Because on one hand, it's not a good game; it has like no mechanics to it, and there's not much to actually play in the game itself. But two, you have to fight to just play it. Like, it's actively mm. a hard thing to play for many people because you can't, mm-hmm. like, you have to. I have to go commute somewhere to where it's playable, basically, yeah. and that's not yeah. even exercise. That's just I have to go commute somewhere else where it's playable. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that for a <laughs> phone game. If I if I were to design something similar, I'd probably just make it that you randomly run into Pokemon while you're walking around and plays like Pokemon. You just have random yeah, like encounters. Yeah, like real Pokemon. Yeah, and then you'd have like specific gyms and locations. So like if you go to a CVS, it's a it's a item store and stuff like that. And if you want to monetize, it just freaking monetize. Uh, just increase your like increase your chance of finding Pokemon or something Think like that. The perspective of like the shop owners though. Like having people, they come loved in. it though. Like all you'd have to yeah. do is partner. All you'd have to do is partner off with, um, with Starbucks and be like, "Yo, uh, we're gonna have this thing that's gonna have a bunch of people coming in." Uh, 
You don't even you need know, partnerships. People are just into uh, it. Like I, yeah. I went to a Jamba Juice that gave you a discount for showing you their poke, your Pokemon collection. Oh, mm. so that way that they wouldn't entice people to spend money there while they're using their service. I see. Yeah. I mean, if the game is driving traffic to your front door, all you have to do is come up with a gimmick that encourages people to actually buy stuff at your store, and then yep. you're mm. then you're all set. Businesses would, in fact, uh, buy Pokestops or lures. There we go. I was yeah, just there, thinking there, if you're there was bars where they give you a free drink if you dropped a lure at their place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was just thinking of key situation where you said that there are people driving by in cars or just hanging out around your house or apartment to oh, yeah. catch the Dratini. That was a little bit of inconvenience, was it? Oh yeah, there was just, just we just had high traffic all the time because people were, were finding out via Reddit that rare spawns were in my neighborhood, and all the <laughs> all the old people in the area were getting really pissed off and like doing complaints, and there was uh, yeah. police well, what showing are you up, do? and we even had one of those big yellow signs, like the light signs, it looks like a light bright, where it was like yeah. Pokemon and Drive was on the entrance to our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny and ridiculous <laughs> old people are crazy well what's funny is that the sign for that showed up the day after they rotated out the Dratini nest so everyone was gone Yeah. so uh... they probably thought they won but it was completely unrelated to any of <laughs> I their was going to say they probably were like our sign did a good job <laughs> we Thank showed you, them perky Clowersdale County Police <laughs> <laughs> we really did it America <laughs> okay, so this sort of sidetracked off of our Switch conversation. Do we want to continue with the Switch yeah, sure. or any other uh, questions? I, 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 I just wanted to finish to with the Switch. So I've been playing Twilight Princess with Shell, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. Uh, it's the first Zelda game I've like really gotten into. I tried Ocarina uh -huh. of Time as a kid, but I couldn't get into it because we, we rented it a bunch. And then, you know, we just never had the time to sink into it. Saves. And, and then yeah. I got Liz lost and several other things. Now that I'm playing it, after playing Souls Likes, it's kind of like this is like if you took Souls Likes, added a bunch of puzzles, and made it yeah. way easier. So I'm just running through like kicking yeah, ass for the fair, most part. That's a very fair Z assessment, I think. <laughs> Z targeting yeah. and animation priority attacks. Exactly, and yeah. it's it's really satisfying for me. But the problem is the world is such a drab, ugly looking thing. Partially because yeah. it was made for the GameCube slash well, Wii and old and whatever. Is in the Twilight. Well, realm. I mean, there's yeah, nothing wrong with that. It came from that era of grimdark. Yeah, everything. well, grimdark and brown. It, uh, yeah. Has there ever been it, a 3D Zelda that doesn't open with like three hours of patronizing content? Uh, well, no, because no. you have to. Patron you really have to su push through some suffering to start playing a real yeah, game. Yeah, you do. And I've never made it. Mm. <laughs> I've never made it past that part of any 3D Zelda game. That's the same yeah, reason why I don't think so Zelda are 3D ones. Like, that's why I couldn't pick up the new Pokemon game either. I'm like, I was looking at the beginning hours and I'm like, oh, it's I awful. Hate this. I hate looking yeah. at this. I hate all yeah, the conversations. I, yeah. I hate everything happening on the screen. To be fair, I actually had that same uh, reaction to Nio's opening. Mm -hmm. um, at first, just because it's like, this isn't quite. Oh, real. by patronizing, you mean that they still treat you like a child that has never played the game? Before. Yeah, like right. yeah. these games on. that use like these games that rely on us, uh, you know, people that were kids that played them originally, and you know they they still market it at us to some degree. They really need a setting for you know <laughs> veterans. Are you an well, adult? The, the assumption is Would that you have to play like, it as an adult now. Yeah, the assumption is that like. Um, for most of those people, they probably never played another video game at all. 
between now and like picking it up again or something. Yeah, which is fine from a marketing standpoint and from like if it obviously works for them, but it's it's why mm. I always bounce off. Yeah, I'm not one of those people, and I just want to play. Because <laughs> you have played like at least a couple video games oh, since yeah. Ocarina of Time or whatever. I, yeah, I, oh God, I tried Ocarina and I got through the opening tutorial town that was all awful. Then you get to the first dungeon and it's like, I'm invincible. It's spiders that are like, I'm invincible here. I'm vulnerable here. I'm going to rotate over and over again. And the one puzzle, yeah. no, the, you one, gotta, the one puzzle is to game, light a torch. <laughs> that game does yeah. not like, pick up until this. you getting it, through Ocarina of Time. You got to make it to the to where you leave that well, town, and then it becomes great. It's also the uh, it's also the first 3D Zelda game ever. So like yeah. they yeah. didn't even know what they were doing. So they had to be more and more. It'd be very later. clear with everything because nobody yeah. had like played a 3D game really at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, we have to we have to really spell things out because this I, was back I, when like cameras were horrible in 3D games. Yeah, and, like, playing old. Yeah. Games I will definitely can be say fascinating. Except mm-hmm. for the bad controls, I'd probably say Skyward Sword is probably the smoothest thing. I think it's still like an hour to before you actually get to anything, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel as tutor- as heavily tutorialized. But maybe I, that's just my- I still couldn't. I, I mean, obviously, it's with my brother at home, but I couldn't defeat the first boss of the major temple because of the motion controls wigging out. Yeah, the motion controls yeah, were the, the issue. That's part of the sucked. reason why I'm excited for the. Uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. I'm so excited for Breath of the Wild because they're going back to classic controls. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going for a larger, more interesting world that actually looks nice and isn't just a series of like open fields with nothing to do. Now, the Wii did work wonderfully for Metroid Prime. Yeah, I really liked using a, a well, yeah. controller for I mean, targeting at a screen. I, I will but... still say like the Wii had some good ideas, but I really wish they hadn't decided to like let's go motion controls because. It just, it didn't read my slashes correctly. I would try doing a horizontal slash and it would read it as a vertical slash. I go, no, and it was necessary to get them correct to the dot for some of these battles. Yeah, Nintendo's been making the Wii sold like crazy since the GameCube. Huh? (laughs) And yet the Wii still made a ton of money, so I just, yeah. the, The Wii, I mean, Part of it is they supported the Wii. The re- one right. of the reasons why the Wii did so well was because Nintendo actually gave a shit. I, and they I had would a say, ton of accessories. Yeah, I would say that the uh, Wii U is unequivocally the better platform, but uh-huh. they fucked up the marketing so bad and abandoned it so fast. I really liked that it mm-hmm. up until the Motion poor... Plus was put into play. They were real in actually, trouble when they started having to go to daytime talk shows just to try to explain to people. They're like, no, seriously, it's not an add-on. It's a real mm-hmm. console. Yeah. We named it super poorly. <laughs> and that's why yeah. I'm excited for the Switch, because I loved the N64. I loved the GameCube probably the most out of all of the platforms, because that's, that's when they had good controls. They had... A decent lineup of games, huge the amounts of were games. Small. They were mm-hmm. small, but they were comfortable. I liked Call, them. Calling also, it the Wii U made it sound then. like it was the like Nintendo Wii 5S. Yeah, and nobody wants that. The, the, even with the Wii, though, they had, they had issues with that. Where like it was, it sold. A, it moved a ton of uh, hardware, and it yeah. moved a ton of first-party stuff, specifically gimmicky things like Wii Fit and things like that. But they really mm-hmm. struggled to sell games for that thing because so few people yeah. did anything besides just buy the console and move on because 
uh, the it was the trendy thing to do. It's the other thing it tapped into a larger audience that would buy that kind of gimmick toy for the living room, but wouldn't actually invest any time and money with it overall. So they would just buy right. it and it would sit there for like eight I years, and they wouldn't always, actually buy games for it. Like my I mom. I always wanted a set of Rock Band hmm. stuff, but it's just unbelievably pricey. I still have it. In yeah, I think that a full Rock Band it. stuff is like what three hundred fifty dollars or something. I know, no. and some of my friends had it, and I mean now you can't even find it for like the Wii and such unless it's what, used. Whenever, or... whenever they launch a new band in a box, it's always like two fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's a uh, guitar, Still, microphone, the expensive. game, and the drums. I remember one day I went into like a, um, one of those like collectible stores where they will buy like old video game consoles and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I walked in, and I just, uh, I saw in one corner of the room just, like, <laughs> 12 Guitar Hero, like, guitar things, like, controllers. A lot of thrift and stores And I just, like, looked at them. them. I looked at them, and my, and, like, the guy I was talking to, I just, like, barely looked at him. He was, like, and he just, like, went off about them. Oh. He was, like, he was, like, yeah, I had to stop buying those things, because basically <laughs> one day, like, five parents just came in and sold me like 12 of them and i realized that like the market was crashing that day and so he was like and so i just stopped selling them and he was like i bought those things like three years ago and have never sold them to anybody that's walked into the store that's a global story across the entire world uh thrift stores everywhere had to start creating policies to not ever accept any more rock band instruments and stuff like that and guitar (laughs) instruments because there was so many of them sold and eventually yeah the popularity wave died down and people just like they, they got to get rid of them so they give them away to yeah. thrift stores and stuff like that but there's there's millions of them <laughs> it's way too Which is many weird because it's like furbies for, it's exactly like furbies people sell them for exorbitant prices though yeah huh. well that's you could also just cost- go to a thrift store and probably get one for five bucks <laughs> But uh, because it's at a thrift store, you know somebody died using it. <laughs> oh no! I had that experience. I went to a what? Ex- I went for me. It was like a. I think it was like a like a a uh, like a church garage sale type thing. Oh, like it was held so at someone's house, but it was such a huge garage sale that I think it was like an, a, a That's church organization an sale. Thing. It might have been an estate sale. Uh, that is when somebody dies. Well, I didn't know if it was specifically somebody being dead or not. I just knew... All I knew was some kind of garage sale. I don't think it was listed as anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I got to the PlayStation games that they had over on a shelf. And Mm -hmm. there were so many Star Wars games in there that it's like, this is a specific collection. This isn't just random stuff. And so I I, I bought some of them. And I'm like, this is such a weird specific collection all being on sale at once. I think the person who owned the stuff died. I think they're just dead, yeah. and that's why they're all for sale here. Or someone got as a really mad spouse and just wants to, them gone or something. Uh-huh. I'm. Mm. It's either me or the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is they could have gone the route that my uncle did, where he like suddenly got extremely religious, and he's like, "I got to get rid of all of my games." Yeah, mm. that actually happens. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. pretty commonly. My my uncle burned. Every single video game in his house, um, which was it's terrible, a pretty over the top reaction. Uh, well, he was an over the top person. I could go on and oh, on for a while. Oh, this reminds me of I went to a 
A book I, burning. I went to a th well, I was I was going to thrift stores and one of them was called the U-turn for Jesus. Oh. I uh, like the like U-turn okay. as in like you take you do a U-turn for Jesus. Okay. But and, also U-turn. Uh, yeah. For and, Jesus. Uh, off the uh, off the shelf in an unmarked CD case, I bought a copy of Grand Theft Auto. Nice. That <laughs> U-turn nice. for Jesus. I'm like I don't even know if they knew they had this cuz this doesn't seem like something you'd sell at a very Christian named uh, thrift store. I don't know if that fits entirely. It was right next to a bunch of cherubs and things. And I'm like, this is a weird place to find this specific, specific game. Okay. That's pretty uh, funny. I I want to bring this up. This is a little weird. But um, so on the same topic. So we've moved to Kansas now. And when we were in the oh, Northeast, yeah. oh, there, was, there was not a whole lot of like religious anything. Now that we've gotten here, I cannot tell you the number of guilting religious billboards I've run across that are like <laughs> guilting me to go into here. church like I at this point I've 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 stopped bothering with all of that but like religion or not it's so weird to be guilted about going to church like even if I still mm -hmm. went I'd be like no I don't think I'm going to your church now that you've uh, threatened me with hell and other places for not going to yours specifically I think I'll go over to this one that has like potluck <laughs> it was fun driving across the uh, heartland the first time I moved over to D.C. Because I had that experience where it was just like every billboard was like, Jesus saves you specifically uh, unless you drive past this billboard, in which case you'll go to hell. Church, uh, exit 35. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? So it's like, it's like what they the look like. You yeah, live in Kansas. It totally, it totally is. Like The weird part is like they Only were temporary. pretty positive leading up to coming here. Yeah, but like but the closer they, they take we a got, real sour turn. Yeah, the closer <laughs> you get, the like darker they get, and you're like, I, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> we got you now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like I feel like I'm being threatened into being faithful, and it's like it, I, it's, uh, it sounds like the sliding scale okay, of tone you, you get are. from audiobooks in there a game were... as you reach the climax and everything gets grim dark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There were so many billboards between uh, Dallas and San Antonio oh, yeah. around the Austin area that were just like... They were even worse. No, 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 no. Okay, some of them are bad, but there were a ton of them where they were like, don't believe the advertisement works. It just did. Call this for this billboard. And it's like, oh, oh God. It, it's, it's, it's their, they're trying to lease There's out a self billboard prophecy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, That's so cheesy that it hurt me. And there were several designs for that very same message. I, at first, hmm. I thought, hey, this is the new billboard. And then, oh, no, it, it's the same billboard. They just used different imagery. It looked really cool. It looked like it could have been something for a film. No, it's and got then, a puppy. No. I was... <laughs> it, this is a really, really, really random story that I haven't thought about in a long time. Okay. But uh, I was in the Boy Scouts, and then one day, like, the troop that... Uh, the, that uh, the church that troop was based out of... Uh, they were doing like a little like sale just to get rid of like all the stuff that's been donated to them, like an opportunity shop thing, but like clearing out the inventory. Um, and like I was just like volunteering to like run this thing because that we were in Boy Scouts, so it was like that's what we were supposed to do. And this guy drives by uh, in this giant pickup truck. With like the an American flag painted on the back of the uh, of the uh, um of the windshield, like he, uh, like one of those like decal type of things, mm -hmm. and uh, he just like 
drives by the church and like sticks his head out of the window and just yells fuck you churchies and then rolls coal <laughs> and just keeps driving and I was like oh no that's the weirdest combination right like you would think yeah. that guy would be like you're great churchies but no <laughs> no apparently he was a hardcore atheist american insensitive <laughs> dick oh yeah i've i've run into a lot of but it just a lot made of people laugh yeah. so much because it was such a weird image. Yeah, that's so oh, yeah. bizarre. And Spontaneous anger drive by. Yeah, he just yelled at a bunch of like at, at eleven. Like he just told a bunch of like ten-year-old kids to go fuck themselves. Oh, poor things. That's terrible. No, we all thought it was funny. Okay, so. we were just no. Our immediate reaction was like. Did that make sense to any of you guys? Because he has an American flag. That's doesn't. That's not right. Like that's literally what we like discussed among ourselves after that incident. I mean, I suppose it just harkens back to the whole us versus them and people mm-hmm. that are, you know, they. Uh, what's the word that I'm saying? Oh, that for? old thing. <laughs> I, it sounds uh. similar to. Oh, it's subscribe. It's like- it's Maybe like I'll the web. It's, it's like the web comic. Thing. It's like the web comic then, where somebody there's a red flag and a blue flag on the floor. One guy picks it up and he's like, "What's this?" And the other guy picks up the other flag. And he's like, "Fuck that guy." Oh, that's yeah. such a great one. It's like you're different immediately, and now I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I think that com- hom- comic is just called How It Works, <laughs> and it's just like this dude like picks it, like he picks up a flag and it's it's classic. Yeah, I. And the interesting thing is that this also harkens back to the whole online communities thing about, like, factions. Oh, yeah. And I I understand it for the purposes of PvP, but, Mm -hmm. you know, does it serve to divide rather than uh, unite everyone in their love of said game? Or does it actually uh, create hostility based on just what race or faction that you chose? At the same time, is it just play hostility? That too. Like every time yeah. I ever say that I had a, ro- a human rogue, everyone's like, "No, for the horde." But like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> See that—that's okay. It's like pretend. There are some people that really take it to heart, though. Yeah, but those people are sad. <laughs> yeah, they, deserve, I mean, they, they only deserve aww. our pity because <laughs> they have nothing okay, else. <laughs> any other questions? Yeah, one yeah. last question, then we should probably switch to Grim Dawn. We have so many yeah, questions. An hour and a half. I want. <laughs> One question, a good one, and a short one. Yeah, this has been so an I can go one, eat some dinner and then we got, can play. We didn't Grimdon. get through any games or questions. <laughs> we talked about some pretty interesting stuff. I Digimon on the Switch. This is what happens when we and take Pokemon. a break. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I have nothing to say about the Nintendo Switch because I. It was like a foregone conclusion I was going to get one, and so yeah. uh-huh. for as long as it's in the future, I'm just like, eh, I'll find out. <laughs> so I've, I don't know anything about it besides the weird hybrid element a little bit. And that's and, that, and for, oh sorry. And I just know that the the Zelda and Mario things are coming out, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just saying that I've been burned far too many times with hyping for particular games, like WildStar, for instance. I was like, oh boy. Oh yeah, the you same, spent way too much time on WildStar. You know, World of Warcraft essentially are are making their own. It's not MMO. That's it's like sci-fi. two people that worked on it. Well, yeah. That's all case, all you need. In, in any case, uh, yeah complete and utter flop and I just remember 
spending so much time speculating about what she races they're going to so be. She spent so much. She did this with uh, EverQuest Next, too. Oh, I know. And that <laughs> never that never came to fruition. So at this point, it's like, yeah, uh, until something is verifiable and actually coming out, yeah, I, why get your hopes up for something that's just a glint in someone's eye? I just don't have enough time to get my hopes up for anything anymore. Yeah, I'm so busy with currently out things. I can't constantly obsess over future things. Yeah, like am I I'm, like yeah. with with how hype works nowadays, comes out people like so goddamn often. People too. Like, like you have to dedicate like six plus hours to pre hyping every game before it comes out over the course of the year or something. Like it it takes work mm. to keep paying attention to games that much before they're even out. And, and, they might and even there's come so out, like, many. <laughs> I'm actually not looking forward to games coming out because that means that more. that's more work for me. Because yeah. like, at the end of this month is Near Automata, Horizon Zero Dawn, and then like a week later is the Switch, and like, fuck. Yeah. I, uh... My calendar gets scary sometimes. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> one quick question, Keith. Okay. And then I'm yeah, gonna yeah. eat dinner. There's another really stupid hypothetical. No, not that one. Give us a good but one, man. This one's stupid because it doesn't make sense. It's no, not that one. But it's Penguin. Okay, fine. Let's do two. But I, I just want to point out the question makes no sense real quick. Okay. They're like, if all of you were if you were stuck in a Mad Max apocalypse with no other living okay. humans, what would you do? That's not a Mad Max apocalypse. It's not, it's not <laughs> That's a Mad just Max a sad apocalypse. Mad well, Max is not about an empty world <laughs> and no Mad people. Mad Max apocalypse where everyone just doesn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe what they're implying is living in a desert with nothing but random uh, mechanical refuse well, like and Mad junk. Mad Max is inherently about other people being around <laughs> in every movie. Mm. Otherwise, it, well, it's, it's otherwise about, it doesn't work. It's about the new societies people make from the, the skeleton of Have the you old. seen my Fallout playthroughs? That, that would, that's pretty close to how it would be, except for there wouldn't be a reloading when I die. I'd move to Canada. <laughs> of course you would, Churchy. What if what if the Mad Max apocalypse is only in the United States? It stops exactly at the border. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Canada built. Never mind. Well, isn't we, we isn't Mad Max? Have, is in we genuinely don't. Yeah, have it's in much. Australia. I, I we don't I have much see a Mad Max. Mad Max in Australia. So I mean, you assume that the rest of the world is gone in the same manner, but it could just be Australia. I, I want to see a Mad Max movie where it turns out the rest of the world's fine. It's, <laughs> just, it's just Australia. It just yeah, it's just up. Australia is like super screwed, and the rest <laughs> of the world's like, look, we can we tried sending humanitarian aid, and they just uh-huh. turned them into death cycles. So that was the point where we just decided it wasn't worth Meanwhile, our effort. Meanwhile, in the northern and... hemisphere, it's just water world going on. Yeah, no, I, no, people... it's like a utopia. It's I've heard like, people theorize everywhere. that Hunger Games is just about the United States being screwed and the rest of the world's actually fine. Yeah, I mean, that's like what The Handmaid's Tale was like and stuff like that. It's pretty, pretty yeah, common. Oh yeah. 20, 20 that days later, it's just England. Or Amazon or something? Oh, is there a Handmaid's Tale thing yeah, being yeah. made? Yeah, oh. no, it's been made, I think. The film? I'll, television I guess show. I'll have to check that uh, out because I kind of liked that book in high school. Yep. I, I had to read that uh, for a class in college, and it made me super like sad. It's it's just it's so sad, and grim. Oh. Well, I believe they're making it into a television series. Then it's going to be a sad ass television series. Yep. <laughs> There's not much going well, on in here. I, right, I thought no I had questions? a bunch of messages, but I'm looking at these and. Like, one of them's about XCOM, and I think it's just a question to ask directly to me. Like, they didn't get that it's a podcast thing. That's uh, funny. One of them asks, do, do any of you smoke? 
<laughs> and I'm going to say, yeah, no. 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 In, in fact, for people who don't smoke, it looks like an incredibly alien practice where we don't understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Like, I watch Andrew, and he smokes every day, constantly, and it and costs him so enough. much Weirds money. He out that it. he's proud of it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't... Yep. And that's how a lot of smokers are. I'm like, I, I, I genuinely cannot process what you're doing and why. I always <laughs> like, felt it costs bad him so much money. And we were time. in the art studio, and we had these, like, nice balconies where you could, you know, overlook the rest of campus and such. And, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, just sit out there, and the wind would come by, and, you know, nice fresh air. Unfortunately, the smokers thought it was also nice, and they'd go, hey, guys, let's go outside and get some fresh air. And they immediately light up and pollute the air that was fresh. It's like, oh. One of the weirdest things I experienced was that when I was in my geology courses, like you were straight up hiking in high altitude areas with like liters of water in the heat. People at would have already degrees. been lacking oxygen. Like everything's <laughs> awful around you, and it's and you're just trying to struggle through that. And people were smoking. And I'm like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how you're smoking in this specific setting right now. How is that an addition that helps you and makes you feel better in any way? Uh, I've seen it destroy people. So. And yep. this, this yeah, kind of I've over. seen it destroy literally everybody. The last question's from Epicness45, and it's, uh, what games are you guys looking forward to this year? What are some older games you want to play? We're <laughs> 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 looking forward to everyone, and older games we uh, want to play all of Horizon them. Horizon Zero Dawn, Breath of the Wild, uh, uh, Andromeda, uh, fuck, what are the, uh, Hand of Fate 2, uh... Shit. I'm looking forward have... to Zero Escape oh. trilogy coming to modern consoles and PC. Right. Hollow Knight. Hope I finish of... my game. That'd Hollow be cool Knight. if I released that. Uh, uh, Near Automata within comes out this year, Bird. It's not fucking happening this year. Yeah, I, I think I, like... I have it tentatively planned out for at least three to four years from now. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. That gives me enough time to actually learn how to do 3D modeling and then learn how to do good 3D modeling. <laughs> right. I look forward to finding out whether or not ukulele turns out to be actually good or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah we're all uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a big old question mark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These uh, companies uh, that supposedly are the original people coming back and remaking their, their cherished thing has been such a mixed bag so far. Yes. I kickstarted that for like 15 bucks, and I heard that they're selling it for like twice that. And I'm like, damn, I got a deal. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Banjo-Kazooie was so much my childhood, I can't wait! Oh, <laughs> oh god, there's too many new games. Oh yeah, I didn't want to see what they do with Mass Effect. Okay, and yeah, let's yep. uh, let's reconvene uh, next time Major. with maybe, maybe a, a list of uh, games that we're actually looking forward to as opposed to every game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not looking forward to too many games. Yeah, there's there's some and games that's why I was curious saying. about, like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn... There's mm -hmm. a big old question oh, yeah. mark for me. Like, yeah, that could either yeah. be really good, or I'm going to play four four episodes and be like, it, man, this is a wash. All right, it looks like I gotta one... eat dinner. Like, now, I'm getting very okay. hungry. Go eat, bird. We'll keep talking for a yeah. little bit. It just... You can just cut your recording if you want to, bird. Yeah. Uh, so the thing for Horizon Zero Dawn is that my f concern is that it looks like one of those hype concepts like... Uh, not Wolfenstein. What was that wolf game? The Order. It seems yeah, like The Order yeah, where yeah. just the premise and setting alone, it makes people hyped. But at some point, yeah. the game is going to be in their hands. And like it, it could, they could easily be 
another uh, No Man's Sky or The Order or uh, honestly Quantum either Break. It's- where it's just like the concept looked cool on paper, but once you play the game, you start learning what the actual video game itself is, and you weren't thinking about that when you were thinking about how hyped you were about the game, as weird as it seems, because we get hyped for games like they're movies. Like, I, I want to be the crazy caveman lady that fights de- robo-dinosaurs with super weapons, but then <laughs> the game comes in our hands, and we're like, oh, this is uh, this is kind of like Far Cry. <laughs> like, it's probably... It's, when that game comes out, I imagine it's probably going to feel like a Ubisoft game. Where you wander around a big open area and collect shit and discover a map and do tedious tasks and then I, build up eventually to a kind of cool I'm hunt. Not, I'm not against the idea of having this big world to kind of explore and do side things. It sounded That like kind of builds was... back into a good plot because that's kind of what ReCore was. And I didn't mind that. The only problem is ReCore we were didn't guys. have a good plot to build back into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like if it played some if it plays something like uh, Arkham Knight where you're just wandering around this big open world with a bunch of like theme parky side objectives, but then you actually have a big plot that actually matters and is interesting, I'm in. It's just the question my, is my con- is my, it going to end up like uh, Recore or Arkham Knight? My concern is just more that like I think I think people are hyping it up because of a high concept element of it. Yes, and not fully realizing how mundane the final concept probably will be. Like, the moment-to-moment gameplay probably won't be nearly as interesting as you think it's going to be going in. It's probably going to be right. another run-of-the-mill video game, honestly. Yeah. And it could be good. That's always true. I, but it, the, yeah. the hype the hype's hit a peak right now that doesn't make sense to me, because I don't know how we always fall in the same pattern and never learn from it. <laughs> yeah, no, no game is going to be legendary anymore. It's just going to be good or, I mean, okay, like, there's the occasional thing like Witcher 3, but even then, Witcher 3 was just a step above the rest in a lot of ways, but At also the same not. time, things like Portal were novel concepts. They were, but, like, and I don't they think were... Portal was hyped. No, it wasn't. No. It just came out no, it was... Portal, and blew everyone's Portal mind. released weird, <laughs> okay. and it it kept building up as this, like, meme joke, but also, like, technical, ma- like technical you're gonna masterpiece, masterpiece. Yeah. yeah uh and just stuff like that i don't know um actually so, i was gonna say uh i, I before we go i wanted to mention this destiny 2 looks like it's slated for the fall and no that's like a 100 percent release date destiny because 2. if they don't put it out in the fall activision gets a substantial amount of bungee stock Oh, wait, wait, what? That's some yeah. creepy... Oh, yeah, great. That's going to be an A-plus yeah. game. I love how it's being uh-huh. built under a ransom. <laughs> yeah. That's an A-plus development environment for a quality product. <laughs> yep. oh, wait, was was the licensing Oh, that won't lead to a Final on? Fantasy 15 at they've, all. They've got a... Uh, they've got a... Uh, a deal with uh, Activision. And it's, a, it's to make, like, three or four Destiny games over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, apparently, one of the uh, one of the things is Destiny Two has to come out in this year, or Bungie's kind of fucked. I mean, it would still mean Destiny is coming out, but that means more or less here's the reins to our studio for real, as opposed to just the the ransom. Man, game development Ew. is a gross industry. <laughs> Now, yeah, is it going to be is. a standalone game, or is it going to be an extension? It's going to be standalone. You're not going to need Destiny 1 to play it. Um, okay. There's not going to be any carryover. 
Uh, I've heard confirmation that there's going to be a PC version, but if they're under that type of release date... Yeah. Yeah, Well, no, the last time it's like, we would like to put it on PC. This one's like, it is, they've confirmed that it's coming to PC. Last time they said, it's absolutely coming on PC. It's just going to come out a little later. And everyone's uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah we're, we're, it's like, ha, console people have to beta test this game and like all that stuff is going on. But then it just never came out ever. I know. And you see, it's it's frustrating for me because I have friends who play Final Fantasy together and they can play together despite the fact that they have the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. And I don't know, maybe the PC can also hook up to it. Two, it's it's interesting. They can they can play with one another across multiple consoles, which makes sense. But because we only have one of every console, Carl and I wouldn't be able to play games together unless it was PC based. Oh, it'll probably be the Windows Ten gaming thing. Mm, that'd be a bad move. What Windows? Nothing has launched to that successfully. Uh, Windows is trying to tout its like own version of Steam, but it's not good. It's never been good. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm I don't reading know. a post right now. It says servers on for Final Fantasy XIV are unified on PC, PS3, and PS4. Right. Yep. That's how they're able to play together, and they don't have to worry about getting multiple systems that are the same. Which is good, uh, not having 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 that crazy oh, multi-platform yeah. audience. Like that's a cool way to handle that uh, that kind of MMO. Mm-hmm. And probably no distinct advantage for one way or another because the game has like a, a very controller-based uh, control scheme, which of course makes it easy to just put it on PC because it's yeah, just, also, just numpad mapping basically. Yeah. Also, it isn't a shooter. So I, I know yeah. that that was one of the complaints that they had about Destiny, where oh, you know one one person would have an advantage over another depending on what system they were playing on. Therefore, people can only play with those on their own system. And Which is a moot point because it never came out on PC anyway. Right. Well, I mean, also, they wouldn't have people from Xbox versus PlayStation well, as well. If it does come yeah. out this year, I'm excited for it. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry, Bungie. Yeah. I, I feel bad for you. I enjoyed Destiny, although I never played the new expansion at all or even bought it yeah. or, lo- or looked at it. <laughs> If if Bird picks up a PS4, we'll definitely play it. If he doesn't, then yeah, I don't know. Destiny is fun. Its first yeah, wave it of is. DLC is really scummy, but it's a fun game. I yeah. would have liked to have played that it, was so but I don't gross. want to have to buy another PlayStation for it. That was so gross how the first wave of DLC was just playing levels of the main campaign backwards. <laughs> yeah. And you paid money for it, like $40 or something. <laughs> it was really gross. Ah. All right, so next time we'll get around hopefully next week and record another podcast where we'll get. We haven't recorded in like two months, so we had a lot of stuff to no. talk about. We yeah, had a backlog and... of thoughts, but next time we'll probably come back around to talk about like Neo and Resident Evil 7 and maybe like Nier and other games we've been playing lately and stuff like that. Yes. There's a lot. Yakuza yeah, Zero. That, I want to talk about that game. That's a really noteworthy, strange game that I'm playing. Uh, so see you guys next time. If you want to send us uh, questions, go do. You can send an email to four nerds questions, all spelled out, no numbers or anything, at gmail.com. That's probably on the screen if you're watching it on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, and we'll get to whatever questions we deem appropriate that show up in here. Uh, thanks for watching, like always, guys. And I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>